You're listening to Lozano Smith's podcast, where we discuss important changes in the law and legal decisions that affect public agencies. All right, welcome to the Lozano Smith podcast. I'm your co-host Joshua Whiteside here to talk about another fun topic in the world of public agencies. Uh, today, we're going to be discussing street vendors, and uh, I've got two special guests here that are experts in this field, and um, or at least we're willing to talk to me about uh, this issue. So why don't we go with uh, Matt? Introduce yourself. Yeah, my name is Matt Lear. I'm an associate attorney at the Fresno office. And my main practice area would be specifically municipal law, dealing with code enforcement, land use, planning issues. So this is right up my alley with the kind of stuff I deal with. And Jack? Hi, I'm Jack Jackson, also in the Fresno office. Um, Like Matt, also deal with a lot of different municipal issues, code enforcement, which, like Matt said, this is right up (laughs) my alley. I'm right there tagging along with him on this. Well, speaking of alleys, or rather streets, uh, we're going to go right to the streets. Uh, Jack, why don't you explain to us what is a street vendor? Sure. So legally speaking, they would fall under what's defined as a sidewalk vendor, which is a pretty all-encompassing term as far as um, sellers who would fall under this definition. Um, But it includes people who sell food or merchandise from a push cart, stand, display, whether that's one of those cool tricycle things that you see going around, a wagon, showcase rack, a few other things. But that is what is defined as a sidewalk vendor, which we would probably just call street vendors, um, which is a good, decent general term. But just so everyone's just clear, it is technically a sidewalk vendor. Um, and then within that definition of sidewalk vendor, there's two other um, subtypes, which include the roaming sidewalk vendor, which includes um, those that are mobile. Like it says that the street vendors that would just are stopping just to make a transaction. Um, and then you have the stationary sidewalk vendors that, like the name implies, are stationary and will take business as it comes to them. And to clarify, that's diff- this is different than say, like going to a location that's going to have food trucks and they're going to Yes, have- yes. These are non, non-motorized non vehicles for the mobile. So these are the guys with the, the carts with the little bells or the little jingles. Exactly. You know, you hear, and you're like, ah, ice cream, let's go get some, right? The, the, that kind of economy, right? Yes. Okay. Um, and Matt, what happened recently? My understanding is that there's a recent law, at least in the last five years or so, Senate Bill 946 that got passed. Uh, what happened with that law? Yeah, so Senate Bill 946 was known as the Safe Sidewalk Vending Act, and it ends the criminalization of sidewalk vending in California. So basically, if you do not have a business license or a permit from the city to sell, you can't be hit with a criminal infraction or a criminal citation. It can only be fined administratively. And the act also goes through and limits a lot of what local authorities um, can regulate. So previously, local authorities have really broad freedom to restrict the ability of street vendors to operate, for example, the hours they operate, the areas they operate in, of course, the business license requirements. And if you were to, of course, violate the ordinance prior to the passage of SB 946, it could lead to a criminal citation. But with the passage, the local authorities have been basically limited pursuant to the statute on what they can or cannot regulate regarding sidewalk vendors. So I imagine that um, cities, you know, for example, um, I would typically expect to see these types of vendors in public parks, for example. So it seems like there'd be some protections for them to 
be a vendor in that in that location. What about neighborhoods? Is there any restriction on that that cities can establish? So with regards to where cities can or can't regulate, cities are prohibited from limiting where sidewalk vendors can operate within specific parts of the public right-of-way. The exception to this is if the restriction is related to a health, safety, or welfare concern. So if a city can make a determination or a finding that um, the public safety, health, or welfare is impacted by allowing sidewalk vendors to operate in a certain area within the local jurisdiction, then in that case, they could regulate against it. Um, currently, there's actually a lawsuit between sidewalk vendors in the city of Los Angeles regarding this exact thing, where the city of Los Angeles has created zones that restrict against sidewalk vendors, but the sidewalk vendors are suing the city saying, you can't regulate us that way. SB 946 says you can't. Um, and so I think it's gonna that case is probably going to boil down to whether or not the city did a good enough job to support its finding that there is a health safety concern to prohibit those sidewalk vendors from operating in those areas. So then related to that, I imagine then um, not only the health and safety of their actual operation, but the health and safety of the contents of how they're maybe storing goods or providing uh, goods and services to, to folks. I, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, how, how is this controlled from a regulation standpoint in terms of like inspections? Is there, are there inspections that can be done of, of these carts or these stands? Uh, and is there any guidance or limitation on how frequently that would be done? So the health and safety code um, still does apply to street vendors who sell food. Um, the, the city or local agency is still responsible for the enforcement, but they are allowed to inspect. Within those inspections, they are allowed to identify any improper holding temperatures of potentially hazardous food. So say the street vendor is selling meat or something like that, it's important that that is maintained at a certain temperature, either you know really hot or really cold. You don't wanna um, have anything that's in between there. Improper cooling of potentially hazardous foods, inadequate cooking, poor personal hygiene, general stuff like that is still allowed to be inspected for. As far as the amount of times that that can happen, I wasn't initially aware of any cap. My non-legal advice would be anything that falls short of harassment <laughs> would be my uh, um, two cents on that. But yes, the street vendors are still allowed to be inspected for health, health and safety conditions. And under the health and safety code, I think it also, at least in regards to the timing, it would have to be within the hours of operation of the, of the vendor. Right. They want to see what, what the actual conditions are during the, the time of sale. That makes sense to me. With, then with regard to regulation of, from a, a fine or a consequence standpoint, you know, what would be the penalties if a sidewalk vendor was to operate outside of the rules um, you know, w- without getting a permit? Right. So with SB 946 specifically, it, ended, it decriminalized operating an unpermitted sidewalk bending operation. So in this case, you can only be, the unpermitted person would only be hit with an administrative fine um, so long as the city has a sidewalk bending program that's in compliance with the provisions of SB 946. The first vi- a first time violation be like a $100 fine. Um, and then it goes up from there, $200, $500 and so on. From there, the city could also potentially, um, where there's a permit required for the, for the sidewalk vendor to operate, they could 
make a first time violation $250 and a second time violation $500. But if the unpermitted vendor was to go and get the required permitted permit, then that fine would be reduced to that lower amount mentioned before, which would be a hundred dollar fine. So it's limited in the sense that it's no longer a criminal citation, it's no longer a criminal violation um, for operating in a public right-of-way without a permit. Now that's not to say that just because you're considered a sidewalk vendor, if you were to operate outside of the public right-of-way, I think you would still be subject to a criminal citation for possibly trespass or some other violation that could in, uh, cause a criminal citation to be issued on private property versus public because as SB 946 specifically applies to sidewalk vendors operating within the public right-of-way, not on private property. So if you go to Home Depot or Lowe's is where I see a lot of people selling strawberries in the parking lot, that is not under the purview of SB 946. That would be operating without a business license on private property, which would could fall under the city's um, business license ordinance and could result in, in uh, either an administrative citation or if the enforcing entity wanted to, they could call it a, an infraction for a violation for violating their ordinance, depending on how the city has set up their um, enforcement of those kinds of violations. Okay, that, that leads me into a great segue to kind of like the question that, that is coming across my mind, at least as a father of two daughters, eight and five, you know, young entrepreneurs um, who want to open up a lemonade stand. It seems like that that stand would fit the definition of a sidewalk vendor. I mean, a non-roaming one, right? A stationary sidewalk vendor. Would that be correct? Yes. And based on SB 946 and the definitions under the government code that have been provided, a stationary sidewalk vendor means a sidewalk vendor who vends from a fixed location. So if you're selling lemonade, and it's, which is a food or item, some kind of merchandise from a fixed display on the sidewalk within the public right-of-way, you would be considered a sidewalk vendor, which would mean you could be potentially subject to being permitted to operate by the city, which so you need to get a business license before operating. And possibly if you are operating without the requisite uh, business permit, then you could end up with an administrative citation. But I would also hesitate to say that it would really depend on your jurisdiction and how they want to enforce that. Now, if they want to go ahead and throw the book at your children, your eight and five-year-old, and slap them with a $100 fine for operating a very innocent lemonade stand, by all means, maybe they could, but it really depends on your jurisdiction, and I don't know if they would want that press. Also, I've heard in the news recently that Country Time Lemonade has been paying has started a marketing campaign, so to speak, to sort of pay for children's fines, administrative fines from local jurisdictions for doing just that. And so they're trying to they have a campaign, I think it's called uh, Legalized Lemonade, to allow for these local lemonade stands to operate, small lemonade stands to operate. So like I said, they, I, I believe they would fall under that definition of a sidewalk vendor, but I mean, it, it really comes down to the enforcement and whether or not they want to enforce well, it seems like SB uh, 946 is trying to address you know, an industry that for a long time has been unregulated and been criminalized in the past. And, you know, if my daughters were to grow up and be 14 and 17 and selling on the regular and they're selling right next to the 7-Eleven and marking down the prices, getting, you know, after getting supplies from the from that 7-Eleven, you know, 
maybe there would be a, an, an issue uh, that we would be wanting to deal with and rectify as a, uh, a country thrive, that thrives on entrepreneurship and, and creative business practices, but still um, wanting to regulate them. Uh, Jack, any other uh, comments on, on just this overall practice and what cities can do to control things? I mean, I think, you know, my last question here is, I'm imagining in that scenario, like I just mentioned, you know, where we've got young upstart entrepreneurs and they're providing a, a goods that that is right next door or in the vicinity of a local business that's trying to, you know, stay alive and afloat in this time of big corporations. It seems like this is trying the set of rules is trying to create some guidelines or at least some some rules to follow uh, for cities. Where would people go, though? Um, is it to the city to complain about these um, rules and regulations? Can the city create new rules and regulations that go beyond SB 946? So unfortunately, not as far as there being um, too much to do about SB 946 right now, if that's really a big concern for a city. Uh, but there are fortunately some simple things that a city can do. Um, first of which being get a program that's compliant so you can actually take advantage of these enforcements um, that are provided. That'd be the biggest thing. Uh, secondly, the next easiest thing that you could do if you are a city or enforce agency is to require that street vendors obtain seller's permit numbers from the California Department of Tax and Fee Administration, get a sales tax number is the biggest thing and also have a name and current mailing address of the sidewalk vendor that will allow you to if someone is not in compliance with that to access those higher fines if need be and, and also make it a little bit easier to inspect without having you have to run into the hey you're not allowed to do this because of Senable 946 and the accompanying governor, government code that goes with that so that would be my biggest um, takeaway there. Make sure you have a program. Make sure that you're requiring street vendors to get seller's permits and as well as a name and current mailing address. Thank you. Matt? Yeah, and I would just go on to say that when it comes to selling food, there are limitations on what can be sold and they can still – sidewalk vendors are still subject to the California Retail Food Code. Um, so they have to protect from contamination, spoilage of their food. They have to have adequate storage and all these things. And so it would still come the cities, cities and counties would still have the ability to inspect and make sure that anything food wise that's being sold is being sold in compliance with and stored in compliance with the California retail food code. And that's another way for cities to regulate, because if you're dealing with a not so sophisticated operation that's selling food to people and it's not, you know, that's a health and safety concern right there that can still be restricted in the sense that if you're not operating properly, your cart could be impounded, your food can be impounded if you're not doing something in compliance with the code. Um, that's part of SB 972, which came out uh, just January 1st of this year. Um, it amended the health and safety code to include a definition for compact mobile food operations, which are basically a individual who's operating from a push cart standard display or other non-motorized conveyance. So sidewalk vendors, very similar definition. So that would apply to them as well, at least in regards to anyone who's prefer preparing food. Um, that's just something I would add on there regarding uh, enforcement. 
those county health inspectors that are inspecting the carts for compliance with the California Retail Food Code would be able to impound food, equipment, or utensils that are found to be unsanitary. And then the owner, manager, operator of said cart would be responsible for any violation um, under the code. So just another thing to kind of look out for that this isn't just sidewalk vendors aren't something that are just allowed to roam free without regulation. As long as there's a safety, health safety or welfare concern, there are still restrictions that can be made. And like Jack said, cities adopting a program, a sidewalk vending program consistent with SB 946 gives you the ability to still regulate within, within those means. So, Okay, well, this is great food for thought. And uh, I know the next time I hear the little jingle of the, the ice cream cart and I go and get my SpongeBob SquarePants uh, ice cream, I will uh, see that permit on the side and give a little smile knowing more about this uh, thriving industry. So Matt and Jack, thank you so much uh, for your input today. And uh, for our listeners, uh, thank you for listening and tuning in. If you have questions about this topic or any of the other topics that we cover in our podcast, feel free to go to lozanasmith.com forward slash podcast to access the show notes and get more information about this topic. And uh, you can also reach out to any one of our attorneys at Lozana Smith for more information on this issue. With that said, take care and have a good one. If you have any questions about this topic, please contact the hosts of this episode or an attorney at any of our eight offices throughout California. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the information contained in this podcast is necessarily general, its application to a particular set of facts and circumstances may vary. For this reason, this podcast does not constitute legal advice. We recommend that you consult with your counsel prior to acting on the information you heard. Thank you.